It's time to turn out the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horrible horror movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. Each episode I delve into the world of terrible horror movies. Why do I do it? Well, I can't really explain it, but I love these horrible movies. If you've made a horror movie on your phone, or your own special effects MacGyver style, please send it my way. Now, what do you get when you take one of the most beautiful actresses of the 90s, put her in with a mechanical rat, and have some fun with it while you get the witches? Why, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Terrible Terror Podcast. And we're almost done with our theme month of movies that scared me a lot when I was a kid. And, of course, what one of the first movies that I thought about when we were talking about this topic, and also when I saw a couple of things that made me think about this topic, was The Witches. Now, this was a point in my life where Jim Henson affected a lot of, like, the stylistic choices that I liked. There were a series of films that came around around this time, and there were a couple that I wouldn't necessarily call Henson Productions, like The NeverEnding Story, for example, but this was one of those films that I remember, and, and this was a thing that we always did as kids, and to date me some with this movie, this movie came out in 1990 when I was 10, and this was something that like, when I was growing up, and I was very thankful for this, that, you know, my cousins lived really close by, and we would always go see films together. That was something that my parents and my aunt and my uncle, we always did together, is we always got together, and we always went out, and we hung out with each other, did a bunch of things, played video games, and uh, we went to a lot of movies together. And we went as a big family, and I'm grateful that, you know, both my aunt my uncle and my mom and my dad had the wherewithal to gather together and make these events like this. And this is one of those movies that we went as a family went to see. And uh, it's still, like, I haven't seen this film in a very, very, very long time. I think the last time I saw this film may have been around, I don't know, maybe 96, maybe 97. And I've always had very fond memories of this film. But there are definitely parts in this film that I used to get really freaked out. And especially in the theater. And, you know... The reason it is that I used to get freaked out, honestly, was Angelica Houston. I was actually afraid to see the Addams Family movies because she was in it. And she was involved with it. But those movies are so fucking fantastic. And there's probably a little bit of nostalgic blinder on there. Um, But at the same time, like she makes those movies as well for me as Morticia. And that is the case with The Witches. But for me as a kid... It was her performance as the Grand High Witch that really kind of fucked with me for the most part. And I remember there were times in this movie where I just could not, like, watch it. And there is one big one towards the end of the film, which we'll get into. And then there's the whole thing in the middle where we actually get the reveal of what the witches look like. Uh, 
And so Jim Henson, he has had <laughs> a profound history of fucking me up as a kid. And this is no exception. Um, His studio is the one that worked on it. It wasn't really necessarily uh, a production like a Jim Henson production, but definitely the Creature Workshop helped create the animatronics for the mice, as well as all the makeup for the witches, uh, and definitely the Grand High Witch, which is fantastic. Now, there's another person that's involved in this film that also kind of screwed me up as a kid, and that is Ronald Dahl. And if I'm saying that wrong, his last name, I never quite get it right, but I think it's Dahl. Um, He is a children's author that I absolutely loved growing up, next to the guy that wrote the whole Bonicula series. And if you would believe me, that was like the fifth time I had to say Bonicula. And if you've never read those books, please go out there and do, because those are fucking fantastic as well. Uh, But... He wrote a bunch of books that I loved and I read as I was a kid. Um, The big ones, of course, being Charlie and the Chocolate Factory um, and uh, its sequel, which escapes my mind right now, uh, as well as James and the Giant Peach, which I fucking loved as a kid. And then there was this, The Witches. Now, there are big differences between the film. It's not a lot. And again, this is something that... Ronald Dahl has a very, at least while he was alive, he didn't agree with a lot of the theatrical versions of the films that he made, right? He didn't agree with the way that the original uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was made. There are a lot of changes that they made in that film. Um, I don't think he was around to see what they did with James and the Giant Peach, which I don't think it was terrible. It's not that great, especially when I look back on it as a kid. I fucking love that movie. Now I look back on it, I'm like, okay, it has its merits, but it's got some things that are terrible with it, too. But then you look at this one, and the big complaint that he had was how the book differed from the ending of it. There are certain things that were taken out of context or translated to being here, you know, because everything was going to be based in England. There was no talk of the U.S., and in here, of course, it's a U.S. production, so... They're over there and they're going to come back to the U.S. at some point. They make those things. But those are minor. And, and even with the uh, the money machine doesn't exist in this movie. Or if it does, it's not really talked about. It's just kind of assumed, maybe if you've read the books. But the ending is a big change when you watch it. And it's kind of like watching one of those uh, films... You know, something like AI, where you think this is where the movie should stop, and then it comes to the ending, and then they're fucking it all up and making everything, like, fucking cheery and shit at the end of the movie. And that's not necessarily the case that should have happened with this film. Uh, it's much, much different. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll see, it's not like, I don't want to say much, much different, but definitely the tone is much, much different because of the way everything does end in the book compared to the way that it does end in the movie. So... Without further ado, why don't we talk to Gam Gam here, and she's going to tell us a little bit about what the witches are as we start the movie. When your father was a boy like you, and living with me here in Norway, I told him about witches too, so that he would always be aware. Now, the most important thing you should know about real witches is this. Now listen very carefully. Real witches dress in ordinary clothes and look very much like ordinary women. They live in ordinary houses and they work in ordinary jobs. Every country in the world has witches. And 
There is a leader, a high witch of each country. And the ruler of all the witches is the most evil woman in creation, the grand high witch herself. Okay, so here we're establishing the world, right? And it's kind of weird that we jump right into it. And we kind of jump right into it after the very long intro of the music, the main theme for the movie, going over the hills of Norway. And the cast is constantly flying at you and disappearing. And oh shit, Rowan Atkinson in this movie. Mr. Bean, I totally forgot that he was even in this movie. The only person I remembered of note was Angelica Houston. Well, shit, I wonder what he did. Oh, I bet you he had something to do with the hotel that they go to at some point in the movie. Anyway, so Grandma Helga here, she's talking about basically the witches. This is the beginning of the film. All we get to know, and there's a lot that goes on right at this point in the movie. It's basically kind of a lay down of what witches are and what exactly they do and then what they don't like. And she's talking to her young grandson. Well, she's not so much talking to him. She's basically kind of scaring the shit out of him. But as we come to find out, this kid, Luke, uh, shows absolutely no emotion for anything. I mean, he just looks into the camera fucking dumbfounded for the whole goddamn time that he's a human in this fucking movie. Okay, I I know it's hard to bag on a little kid, but there's a big scene that's going to be coming up that we've got to talk about because this happens and seems like every fucking 90s kids movie, and you know what that is if you know what I'm talking about right now, but he shows absolutely no, no emotion at all while he's listening to Grandma's story. He's not even really that afraid of it. See, she goes into further detail talking about what witches don't like, and she also uses a story about one of her friends growing up and what exactly happened to her when one of the witches in the town got a hold of her. Witches spend their time plotting to kill children, stalking the wretched child like a hunter stalks a bird in the forest. Do they hunt you? You said it was an accident. A very unpleasant accident. You know, when I was younger, I traveled the world in search for the Grand High Witch, but I never found her. I don't really believe that anyone has ever found her. So if no one's seen the Grand High Witch, how are you sure she exists? Nobody's ever seen the devil. But we know he exists, don't we? Yeah. For all you know, a witch might be living next door to you. When I was little, I lived beside a girl called Erica, who was taken by a witch. Erica had very strict parents. But even that didn't save poor Erica. Because when a witch chooses a victim, there is only one hope of escape. Knowing everything about them that I am telling you. Warning you. Okay, I seriously thought that she was going to say death. Like, there's only one way to escape a witch, and that's just, you don't, you fucking die. But there's a lot of things to digest in this little bit of audio here, and this is actually a very long scene. This is almost the first, like, 20 minutes, and we're going to go really in-depth with a lot of clips on this, and I apologize 
but it's very important to how the movie sets up the world so that you, just like Luke, know a lot about witches and what to look for. And as a kid, this is very, very important, and this actually leads a little bit of the to the, like the horror aspect for kids. It's what to be afraid of, right? So the first thing here is that kids are absolutely abhorrent to witches, right? They hate kids so much. In fact, they just want to rid the world of fucking kids. And he's like, the emotion thing that I was talking about a second, because when she talks about, well, like, I had a run-in with a witch, and then she shows her hand, and she's fucking missing her pinky finger. Like, it's all fucking shriveled, like, all down to the fucking, like, knuckle. And not the first knuckle. I'm talking about the second knuckle in her hand. And I can't imagine what I must have thought when I was a little kid, like, seeing that. I would have been grossed out at that sight of that fucking shriveled fucking pinky that she's got on her hands. But no, fucking little Luke across the table there is just like, Oh, Grandma, you said that was an accident. Like, there's no, like emotion at all to this kid. There's no surprise to his face of what's going on in this situation. We also learn in this scene here, too, that Grandma used to actually hunt witches. So, Grandma Helga, what the hell is going on with you? Why the hell would you do that? Like, what made you exactly go and hunt witches? And kind of the reasoning is what happened to her dear friend, who was basically abducted by the witch, as we learn as she keeps explaining even more of what witches hate. Witches hate children. Real witches are quite bold, although, of course, they wear wigs that itch and cause them scalp rash. Do you know what scalp rash is? No. Itching under the wig must drive them crazy. They look quite hideous behind their human face masks and can only be distinguished from ordinary women if you are sharp enough to spot the purple tinge to their eyes. Real witches have no toes. Their feet have square ends, revolting stumps where their toes should be. So they never wear pointed or pretty shoes, just plain, sensible shoes. Remember these things. Perhaps if Erica had known them. The bitch wouldn't have been caught. Like, right at the end of this, she gets dragged into the alley as we're watching her poor dear friend Erica being abducted by a witch. But we learn more and more what makes these witches so goddamn hideous in this world. Okay, so let's run down exactly what witches uh, look like outside of their, you know, normal everyday human disguises. First, they wear masks. So a lot of them, and this is one that's, you, you don't really get to see except for one witch, okay? So there are some masks in this movie, but it's only the Grand High Witch, which we'll get into later on when we talk about the scene when all the witches get together. So there are other witches in the world besides her, I assume, that do that. But everybody does wear the wig, right? Everybody is bald and has... Ugh, scalp rash like everything they talk about is either like the witches are like super prudes don't like kids don't like having sex and that's the reason why they don't like kids at all i don't really know why they hate kids in fact like how do witches even become witches later on unless they were like super prudish hating you know uh, oh i'm never gonna do anything whatever like it doesn't that part i really wish was kind of explained like 
I want to know more about the world of the witches, and this is just what I'm getting, you know, from the film. You know, are there warlocks? Do warlocks also have the same issues? Because honestly, when we talk about later, I think warlocks actually exist, and the guys themselves as fucking witches. Uh, but for the most part, like, are witches eternal? Do are they immortal, like a fucking vampire? Uh, why, if you're going to become a witch? Like, how do you stay being a witch, or how do you get new witches unless you have children? It's just, no, you know what, just fucking kill all the kids. We don't care. We don't want no fucking kids in this world. I hate kids. Like, again, how do you perpetuate your society if you've got no children? I I don't know. But they also have weird fucking feet, okay? So they can't, they're just like upset that they can't look beautiful because they're bald, uh, that they have no toes, no definition to their feet, so they can't wear pointy shoes. They have to wear fucking, like, hobbled clogs or some shit. So, maybe that's why they're upset that they, you know, the kids exist, because nobody wants to be with them. You know, I've seen some women, and this is not to be anything against anybody, okay, but they are able to have kids and be with random guys. Like, guys will totally get with them. I'm sure if you are a balding, like witch with, you know, head rash and fucking stubby toes and, you know, fucking face masks. Somebody's still gonna be like, damn, I wanna fucking hit that. And then you'll you'll be fine. You'll have kids. If that's the reason why, I don't know why the reason why you hate kids. Never really explained, but, well, Grandma Helga, why don't you tell us some more? Oh, my poor Erika. For weeks they searched. But witches don't murder children with knives or guns. That's for people who get caught. And witches never get caught. They searched for miles around. Everyone in the town searched. But she had completely disappeared. I was there in Erika's house six weeks later. Good day, Fran Larson. Come in, Helga. Have some cake. I was her best friend when it all happened. Then that day, while Erika's mother was pouring the coffee, her father came walking towards us. It was as if though he had seen a ghost. His face was all twisted up as he walked towards the painting behind me. There, as if it always had been there, was Erika, locked in the painting, gazing at us. Okay, so first, the witches work in a very specific way when they deal with kids, and they ain't no fucking punks, and they ain't getting fucking caught. I like that, and that does come back later in the film. It's great. Like, they make sure that they can do what they needed to do and kill the fucking kids, but they kill them in ways that nobody really fucking notices. So what happens here is when we learn the fate of Erica, and it's really kind of fucked up, she is lost in a painting. Like, you look there, and there she is. There's her image just staring out into the world, and she's a part of that painting forever. So we know whatever the witches do, it's permanent. There's no way to undo it. That we know of right now. But for poor Erica, she grows old. Like we hear Helga talk about her friend. 
growing old as the picture went on and to the point where she just disappears from the picture entirely. That is fucked up. Like, they don't, like, they let old age basically fucking kill them. They don't do anything. Just use their magic, do whatever it does, and bam, that is it. There is nothing else said to be done about these kids. And I guess this is what made Helga go all fucking witch hunter and shit. She saw what happened to her friend. Her friend disappeared into the fucking ether, and she traveled the world finally trying to stop the witches and maybe bring her friend back. That actually sounds like a very interesting movie. I might watch that if they ever did that one day. But at this point, we learn that Luke's parents are actually visiting Helga here in Norway. You know, because the kid needs to see his grandma every once in a while. And they're going to go out for a night on the town, and she's going to watch him one last time. Her son basically says, hey, make sure you don't tell him any more stories. And grandma ain't fucking listening, because grandma's going to be fucking grandma, and is going to tell Luke one last thing before he goes to sleep. Well, he's not really going to know a story, but it's another way to be afraid of witches. Witches are very cruel. And they have a highly developed sense of smell. A real witch could smell you across the street on a pitch black night. She couldn't smell me. I just had a shower. Oh, yes, she could. The cleaner you are, the more a witch can smell you. That doesn't make sense. Oh, yes, it does. A dirty child, it's the dirt she smells. A clean child, it is the child. Wow. I'll never have a shower again now of you for an excuse. Well, just not too often. Only once a month is probably safe. So a witch could smell me right now? To me, you smell of raspberries and cream. But to a witch, you would smell absolutely disgusting. What kind of disgusting? Like dog's droppings. I don't believe it. You don't believe it? What's more, to which you would smell of fresh dog's droppings? That's not true. There's no point in arguing. It's a fact of life. So if you ever see a woman in the street holding her nose as she passes you, she could easily be a witch. And now it is definitely bedtime. Okay, so there's a couple of things here. First, uh, the whole shower thing. Like, really? Like, this is kind of a way that I feel... It's like the movie saying that kids should be kids, right? Like, it's okay if they get dirty. It's okay. It's actually kind of good for them to be able to go out and do what they want to do. They don't have to try to maintain, like, a protected and clean lifestyle constantly. Just let them go out and be kids. I know that's a lot from just the little scene that you have here, but it really makes me feel that way. Like, the witches don't like the ones that basically kind of are always clean and don't live their lives like a kid. So that could be a differential here, but that's not an excuse for the kid to go and be like, oh, well, I'm never fucking showering again. No, you stinky little shit. You still need to get your ass and get it cleaned. Go up into the fucking shower at least a couple of times a week and don't always listen to Gram Gram, okay? Because she's not always right. But then again, oh no, everything to her is fucking fact. Like, she knows the best for everybody. And of course, this is the way that it's got to work for this movie, right? Gram Gram here, she is the almighty knowing of everything that goes on with witches. And of course, you know, his mom and dad, we really don't know 
what, what they think about what Helga's doing, other than maybe that these are all, like, stories or whatever. But we know as he grew up, at least, his dad, like, she told him everything, and everything that she's telling Luke right now, and who knows, maybe that saved him as a kid, and maybe this is going to save poor Luke as he's a kid right now. So, the the other thing that's kind of going on is that, like, it's amazing that kids, fresh, clean kids, smell like dog shit. Like, and I like that it's dog droppings, okay? I'm not going to use that term because I'm an adult and this is, this is a kid's movie. I'm watching a fucking kid's movie. I can't believe I did this. Like, this is more of a kid's movie than Little Monsters was. Like, I would say you need to be in your teens to enjoy that shit. But this movie, this truly is magical from anyone up from like age five on up that can understand it. And it's like... Yes, you have to use... It's weird. Again, this is also a 90s kids movie. So there are things that happen in this that you wouldn't expect for that. And this, after I did kind of look it up, this is a Jim Henson production. So I was wrong in the beginning. It truly is produced by the Jim Henson Company. Um, and they were always known by to put a little bit of adult-like themes into their movies. So there are adult things that happen in this film that we'll talk about that are ridiculous, but they're too afraid to say poop, and they say droppings instead. I don't know, maybe that's like an English thing that they're trying to do, like trying to still like maintain a whole like British resemblance to everything that's going on, so we're going to say droppings and not say poop, because poop is nasty. But I'm not going to say poop, I'm going to say dog shit. Because that's exactly what that kid is going to smell like if he doesn't fucking shower and he better get his ass in there. Every once in a while. I'd rather have you smell like raspberries and cream, but then again, I don't know if I want my kid to be abducted by witches. Unless he was a dick. Then I might be okay with it. Or he's like one of the other characters we learn in the movie. But of course, he goes to bed, and then his parents, they go out for a night on the town. Cut to the morning the next day, and the police are showing up, and oh my god, it's the fucking cliche of every 90s fucking kids movie that ever fucking existed, okay? Whenever they want to, sh- like, pound something fucking home, what do they fucking do? They kill mom and dad. And that's what they do in this. And there is nothing. The only thing that, like, there's nothing from Luke. Like, Luke, you don't see him fucking cry. You don't see the He just, like, you see Gam Gam get all fucking emotional because her son just died. But even then, it's not even that bad. Like, it's, they literally come up and they're like, we've got something, some bad news for you. She's like, oh. And then they go back into the house and... She wraps herself up with fucking Luke, and it's like, okay, well, look, you've got all these drawings, and he's, like, looking at a drawing, it says mom and dad on it, and it's really fucking shitty artwork, and of course, being Gam Gam, and you gotta, like, make sure the kid's okay, says, oh man, that's beautiful, that's a wonderful fucking work of art. No, look, I did better art like than that when I was a kid, okay? You need to tell him, even though his parents just died, you've gotta reinforce when something is shit. Now, it's very ingenious for what it is, because it's like these cool diagrams of all these things running around, because, of course, for, you know, 
what it is it's very inventive it's not necessarily artistic but she's looking oh this is a very artistic piece like no if your kid can't fucking draw well maybe in the back of her mind she's like fuck they really can't fucking draw but it better be nice to this kid because his parents just died and he's my grandson and now i'm the fucking legal guardian and now i can't have gam gam time where i go smoke my cigar and go smoke my reefer with my friends but no i have to go take care of this little fucking brat all the time no, she probably really loves her son. She probably doesn't think like that. That's probably just me, like, poking through if I had to all of a sudden take care of my kid's kid after they died mysteriously. Like, how do they fucking die? All it comes back is, like, his mom's shawl. Like, they explode somewhere? That's what's left? Was it, like, a, you know, murder-suicide? Was, uh, they drink? were they drinking too much? It was drinking and driving? He drove into the lake? Did, uh, you know, some type of Norwegian, like, god come down and fucking smite them or something? Like, the world serpent suddenly fucking showed up and decided, hmm, that car looks fucking good and ate them? Like, give me something! What happened to them in Norway? And they're United States citizens in this one, instead of being British, but for some reason they still have to go back to England because that's what his parents wanted. Though they lived in the U.S., and this was before they go back, she explains in a kind of like a little overview that they go back to England even though uh, eventually they're going to go back to the U.S. Whereas in the book, it was a part of the will that they would go back to England and she would raise them in the schools that he was there. That makes a lot more sense. I don't know why we have to throw the U.S. stuff into it. Just leave it in fucking England. But again, this is the 90s where we had to make everything centered on fucking us like we still fucking do. But for the most part, we try to change dates and times, and we don't really do that in recreations of books nowadays. Like, if something is specific, unless it comes from fucking Asia, but unless something is specifically designed to be in, say, if it's in England, it stays over there now, whereas in the 90s, like I said, it would be, like, centralized for us here in the U.S., and that's kind of what happened here, even though the rest of the film still takes place over in England. So now that Gam Gam and Luke are over there in England, uh, we cut to a scene after a school day when Luke is playing outside in a treehouse that him and his father helped build. Again, if they're from the U.S., is that like their vacation house? Like, that shit doesn't need to be inserted into parts of dialogue in the film. Like, just fucking leave it alone. It makes sense in the book because they moved from Norway, or he did, and married this English girl. That's where they live. And Gam Gam's got to go take care of him where they want him to be. And in this, it makes no sense. Why didn't they just go back to the fucking U.S. if that's where he's from? But no, she wanted they wanted him to go to school over in fucking England for some reason. I don't know... It, Again, that crap is like, why would you change it just to fucking do this? But uh, anyway, so he runs into some lady that tries to coerce him down from the treehouse that him and his dad built. And it turns out, of course, that she's a witch. Hello, young man. What a magnificent treehouse. Did you build it yourself? My dad and I did. I've got something for you here. Something I think you'll like. <gasps> Jump down and I'll show you. No. What? No, thank you very much. It's worth a lot of money. This is private property. There's nothing to be frightened of. I just wanted to give you this. I found him on my walk. He's quite harmless. See? Little boys love snakes. 
is yours. Grandma! Grandma! Look, 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 look. I'll leave him here if you like. Then you can come down on your own and get him. But they wriggle away quite quickly. Unless you tell them not to. you'd like some chocolate instead? Grandma! She can't hear you. What's your name? Is it... Luke. <gasps> Thought so. Here you are, Luke. A big bar of chocolate. If you... Well, there comes Gam Gam to ruin the whole fucking thing for the witch. I mean, she was about to have herself a nice little snack or whatever she's going to do to poor little old Luke over here. And I don't really know if what she was trying to use to tempt Luke would actually work. Like, not every little boy likes fucking snakes, okay? There's only one type of boy that I know likes snakes, and that's Hoosiers, okay? They're the ones that keep them as pets. They're the ones that, like... Let him run around. The next thing you know, he's going to get a pair of rat... Oh, come on, Gam Gam. Are you really giving him fucking mice for his birthday? Like, and that's what he really wanted. And a lot of his diagrams were things that he was going to do with the mice. He's going to turn them into circus animals or some fucking shit like that. Have his own little mice circus. Like, what the hell, man? Why, why do you... There's only one type of people that likes mice as pets. And those are fucking serial killers. So, game, game, you better fucking watch out for Luke. Because soon you, or later you know he's going to fucking Dexter somebody. Like, you're going to show up and all of a sudden your bathroom's going to be covered in fucking plastic. And there's going to be one of his childhood friends halfway in the bathtub filled with, like, hydrochloric acid or some shit. And then he's going to look over at game, game and be like, what? You bought me mice when I was a kid. You knew that this was going to happen. But, you know, the chocolate thing I get. Her trying to use chocolate to entice Luke to come down works. But Luke does notice that she has purple eyes. And that's the reason why he starts crawling towards Gam Gam. And I guess she has some type of power where she can block out all the noise or whatever. And if it wasn't for dinner time, Gam Gam wouldn't be able to actually save him from being captured by this poor old witch. So she runs away, she manages to make the uh, snake disappear, even though she left it there for him. Like, you fucking bitch, why are you just gonna leave the fucking snake and say it's a gift and then fucking make it disappear later? Makes no sense. But, like I said, he ended up getting mice for his birthday, and that's when Grandma, she comes down with something and kind of faints and collapses. Again, Luke, he doesn't show much emotion other than, Grandma! Grandma! I fucking hate Luke the child actor. Luke the mouse, when Luke the mouse shows up, is a lot better, maybe because of his stupid fucking face. But anyway, so after she collapses, we see that she's in the bed and she's being looked at by a doctor. Now, this is where they made another change from the book over into this movie like she has a different disease or different illness that pops up in the book what they were going to do is they're planning on going on a vacation to norway and that's why they end up going to the hotel in uh england that they went to instead because she came down with pneumonia in the movie however the doctor has uh her <laughs> it's so ridiculous and we'll talk about it after the doctor explains exactly what gam gam has your granny has a very mild case of diabetes. It's nothing to worry about. Have a good rest now, and in a couple of days, you'll be right as rain. 
You're going to be better. Good. Now I'm putting you on a sugar-free diet. No cakes, candies or sugar at all. Those cigars won't do you any good. See? And there are some more pills to take. With that and a good holiday by the seaside, you'll be good as new. Come on, young man. Leave your granny to get some rest. Perhaps you can bring her breakfast in bed in the morning, eh? By tomorrow afternoon, you can boss her around like before. Bye-bye, Miss Evesham. Bye-bye. See you in a couple of days. Goodbye, Doctor. Can you find your way? Yes. How come doctors speak to everybody like they're babies? I know. I'm sorry for spoiling your birthday for you and for giving you a fright. Is it all right if I play with William and Mary now? Yes, of course. Okay, so Gam Gam has come down with a case of the diabetes. Like, what? That is the reason why she's doing whatever she's doing, why she killed over. I get it, but you don't come down with a case of diabetes, okay? And there's no such thing as acute diabetes. There's diabetes that you can kind of control. Basically, it sounds like she came down with type 2 but diabetes, right? But... Now she can no longer have sweets. She can't have... Like, here, we're just going to give you a little bit of medicine, and that's it. It's going to go away. Yes, I understand. Before the diabetes community starts yelling at me, um, it you can control it to the point that you don't need a medication, but you're still going to have to change your whole fucking lifestyle. You can't be like, Oh, shit, my diabetes has gone away. My acute diabetes has gone away. And now, all of a sudden, I can eat a ton of fucking sugary things and carbohydrates galore and all that fucking bullshit. No, you fucking have to live with it and you change your whole fucking lifestyle. How do I fucking know I fucking have type 2? And I've been fucking trying to change this shit for a while. And it's not the easiest thing in the fucking world when you've grown most of your life. Especially if you're Graham Graham's age here and you all of a sudden you come down with a case of it. How do you come down with a case of fucking diabetes? It makes no fucking sense to me. In the book, she had pneumonia. That makes more sense. Look, I have pneumonia, but we still need to go on holiday for some fucking reason instead of me getting better. But you know what? To be safe and be close to my doctor, let's just go to this place on the seaside instead of going back to Norway like we had planned. So instead here, it's, oh, hey, you got diabetes. So watch it. <sighs> it's th- That made me so much more infuriated than it should have. So... They decide that they're going to go to the hotel, and they pull in for the first day. They get to their room, and at the same time, we actually get greeted to uh, my favorite part of the movie. Well, my favorite person in the movie, the Grand Witch, Angelica Houston. Welcome, Mr. Yes, that's her. Nicola Cutter. I've been so looking forward to meeting you. You look marvelous. Mm. I wish I could say the same for you, Nicola. Ah, Miss Ernst. I am the owner of the hotel. Are, uh, we're very happy to have you. Yes. Delighted. Shall I sign or something? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm it's sure my secretary. Yes. Yes. How are you? Ah, ladies. I'm a Craig Beckham. Julia Will. Dolly. Julia, yes. <laughs> Where are you from? <laughs> Dolly. Oh, yes. Lois Lebeau from Southampton. Lois. So she is like the big wig. This is the Grand High Witch, and they're having a convention that's going on. They've called the convention, when they, they look into this, the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children. This is how they're hiding the fact that they're witches. They're basically going to have some type of thing that is pro-kids. 
Perfect. That actually is good, guys. Now, we here we also get to see Rowan Atkinson, and he is the owner of the hotel, and he's the one that's helping to put everything on. And the entire time, I could only think of that one guy from South Park where they had the ginger convention, and he's like, you guys okay? Everything? Got enough to eat? And he's got, like, the lava. Need more lava? That's where I kind of see, like, Rowan Atkinson's character in here. And I love Rowan Atkinson to death. Like, not just Mr. Bean, like... For everything that he's done to his comedy specials that he did by himself that are great to uh, the, you know, Johnny English movie, if you guys have ever seen that. And then my favorite where I kind of got to see Hugh Laurie for the first time, which was the Blackadder series. Um, He's fucking fantastic. And actually, he is pretty good in this film, but he doesn't get a whole lot of screen time. And the screen time that he does get, it really just seems, hey, we're here just to look at him because he's got a weird fucking face. Like... Yeah, I love that about him too, but, and his facial expressions are some of the best in the fucking business, but really, this could have been filled by absolutely anyone. This is kind of like seeing Tim Curry show up in Home Alone 2 as the maitre d' or like the main guy for the hotel, um, and he has some of the best lines and some of the best facial expressions, but honestly, you could probably put anybody into that role in that film, and you could do the same here with Rowan Atkinson. So Gam Gam and Luke, they go up to the room and Luke decides that he's going to go and do a little bit of exploring for a little bit and come back down into the lobby. He goes to where the food is being prepared and that's where we get to meet, uh, this, I hate these stereotypes for characters, but we'll talk about it in a second. He meets Bruno. What are you doing? (gasps) The raisins are all around the edge of these cakes. They're really good. Thanks. My name's Luke. Bruno Jenkins! The cucumber sandwiches are alright too, except when they use margarine instead of butter. How much pocket money do you get? My dad's rich, but he's very tight. We've got three cars. Hello, boys. I hope there's butter in the sandwiches today. I really do hate margarine. Ah, you've got those excellent cakes again. Can we please, for the love of God, and I know that a lot of people out there are going to feel me on this, and this happened a lot, doesn't happen as much nowadays, but can we please stop having the fat kid just be specifically food fucking crazy? Like, honestly, every depiction of fat people or fat things, and some of us, yeah, okay, we're fat for a fucking reason, okay? And I'll lump myself into that fucking thing, and that's, you know, why the other shit goes on or whatever, but at the same fucking time, like, honestly, every time, like, that is their whole character trait. I love fucking food. Like, not necessarily everybody. There's some really good representations that started to come later on. And I'm not saying that we need to be a fat acceptance or whatever. I'm fat because I'm fucking fat, okay? I did the shit to my body that I shouldn't have did to my body. And that's the way it's fucking gonna be. But you know what? Don't just have them all be crazy. They could be fucking just video game lovers. Like, hey, you know what? I just want to be lethargic all the fucking time. Not just fucking food. You know, come on, at least if you're going to do a stereotype, give it a wide range of stereotypes. You know what? I like sitting on the couch and listening to fucking podcasts, okay? I don't really feel like running today because I've got an episode 
of my favorite fucking podcast that I've got to listen to. You know, that could just be the person that it is right there. It doesn't necessarily have to be just about fucking food. Now, the other thing that I forgot to talk about in the previous scene that I wish I hadn't forgotten was there was this really cool scene with the Grand High Witch, and she's kind of looking at the paintings on the wall, and we see that there's a kid in one of the paintings. And when she taps on it, all of a sudden the kid just fucking disappears. So at this point, we know that there's probably a witch inside of this hotel as well that's been kind of dealing with kids that she see fit. From here we go back upstairs and we see that somebody that works the hotel is screaming very, very loudly because she's seen a set of mice. And then we see that the hotel owner follows the trail basically over to where Gam Gam and Luke are staring. And he kind of does his best, well, Rowan here does his best like smarmy hotel owner. Is this your room? Yes. Yes. I see. I'm sorry, madam, but I cannot permit mice in my hotel. How dare you say that when your rotten hotel is full of rats anyway? Rats? There are no rats in this hotel. I saw one this morning, running along the corridor into the kitchens. Madam, you only arrived in the hotel this afternoon. Morning, afternoon. I saw a rat in your hotel. And if matters do not improve, I shall have to report you to the public health authorities. Look. Madam, I'm not prepared. The cakes in the lounge are nibbled around the edges, too. I can show you. If you are not careful, the health people will order the whole hotel closed before everyone gets typhoid fever. You can't be serious, madam. I have never been more serious in my life. Now, will you or will you not let my grandchild keep his hygienic and perfectly harmless pet mice? Well, well, if they are kept in the cage, and only in this room, nowhere else in the hotel... Agreed. Very well. Okay, Grandma really knows how to stick it to him, okay? That was perfectly done. Man, she knows how to play the fucking system and how to play him like a fucking fiddle. The other thing is, like... The fact that Luke is able to chime in with the whole thing of the buns being eaten and nibbled on, that was all Bruno's doing. Again, fucking fat kids. Uh, and so he basically runs out, let him keep the mice there, and they decide that they're going to go downstairs and get something to eat. We meet Bruno's parents for the first time. He has a very interesting interaction with Rowan Atkinson's hotel owner. And it's more or less to show the privilege that he has. He comes from a lot of money. Just like Bruno says, they have like three cars or some shit. And that allows him to be a fucking spoiled little brat and just kind of go eat wherever he wants. And so he kind of runs through the whole gamut of things. They get food and then Grandma realizes that the Grand High Witch looks like somebody that she's known before. I know that woman from somewhere. But I can't for the life of me remember where. Her face is so familiar. Which one? My memory's going. But it's if I met her before. She's probably on TV or something. Mmm, cucumber sandwiches. Mmm. Fish paste. Grandma, you got the wrong one. Oh, no. Sugar. Grandma, sugar can kill you. I know, but it was very little, very little, my dear. Something very odd is going on. 
Okay, so the another magic power of the witches is to be mildly inconvenient. Like, the faces that Angelica Houston makes in this movie while she's got the mask on are fucking fantastic. Like, in this scene, she looks over, she's like, she's very familiar. The witch, I don't know if she recognizes who she is, because maybe she doesn't later on in the film. It's really weird. I don't know. I'm assuming that she does because she's trying to fucking kill her or at least let her know that, hey, I'm going to make life very inconvenient for you because instead of whatever the butter sandwich she has, it's fish paste. Okay, you can get it. But then, like, how do you know how much sugar is in the damn thing? And again, the threat of diabetes comes through here. Grandma, it can kill you. Fucking learn how to fucking emote, Luke. Like... (laughs) But it's the same thing, like, with Graham Graham, like, I don't mind her so much, maybe even though I feel like she's, like, talking down to Luke in the way that she acts the whole time, but she kind of talks like a grandma, uh, interacting with her grandchild, so maybe that's why I don't mind it so much, but, like, even here, like, ooh, there's sugar in there, like, well... Okay, there's sugar, but, like, a little bit of sugar and fucking coffee. It's not like she went, oh, sip, there's sugar. Oh, grandma's fucking dead. She killed over on the fucking table. Like, it's it's so ridiculous. Like, here we're just going to minorly, like, bother you with, oh, I'm going to use my magic powers of not really doing anything in the corner but smirking at you to put a little bit of sugar your coffee or tea it's probably tea uh and to change your flavor of your sandwich to fish paste oh next i'm gonna make your pantyhose run (laughs) oh and maybe later there will be an upper decker in your toilet oh i'm going to get you good my magic holds no bounds like really there's not a whole lot that you can do. Why not, if you don't like her or you're trying to do something, do something horrible to her. Like, if you're going to do the sugar thing, just put a lot. But, of course, at the same time, I realize this this could just be, you know, like a warning. Like, hey, I know you, too, and this is what I can do to you. But she doesn't remember her at all. So, why does Graham Graham really give a shit? Or, not necessarily Graham Graham. Why doesn't the Graham witch, why does she really give a shit? So... They go back in the room, and Grandma, she decides, I'm going to lay down for a little bit. Why don't you go out and play? And he decides he's going to take his rats, because he wants to still train them to do the circus shit. Again, I don't know why, but that's what he's doing. So, he goes downstairs and goes into the main grand ballroom. And, of course, who decides to show up but the witches? And so they all pile in, and again, it's just like that scene from South Park, where he's basically talking to her. And she just wants him to fucking go. But he's just trying to make sure that everything's okay. Oh, there's going to be drinks and stuff after you guys are done. We're going to have all this stuff. And she's like, just get the fuck away. And so finally, she does get him out of there. They lock the doors to the room. And everybody is allowed to take off their wigs. And we get a first taste of what the Grand Witch really is like. Witches of England. Your disgrace, miserable witches, your good-for-nothing worms. Everywhere I look, I see the repulsive sight of hundreds, thousands, 
of revolting little children. I ask you, why? One child a week is no good to me. We will do better. We will do much better. Huh. Better is no good either. I demand maximum results. So, here are my orders. My orders are that every child in England shall be rubbed out, destroyed. Every single child eliminated. Do I make myself clear? Well, the first thing I've got to say is that I fucking love Angelica Houston in this movie. Like, it's perfect. She brings the right amount of, like, creep, as well as does a very pretty good, you know, Eastern European, it seems like it should be somewhat German accent to the role. Like, it's just so good. She's able to portray a bunch underneath the makeup that she has, and the makeup is so fantastic. I am still fucking freaked out by the way the Grand Witch looks. Everybody takes off their wigs, and you look at the people around the room, and you're just kind of like, uh, everything's okay, you know, there's a ball, there's a couple of there's a couple of obvious guys that are in the ob- audience there. Like, they couldn't fill it up all with just, like, women wearing, ca- like, bald caps and, and whatever. They actually got some bald men to pretend to be witches and, like, put the rashes on them, too. And even that makeup, like, everybody, too, goes from, like, somewhat good teeth to, like, standard English teeth. Uh, if I was going to be stereotypical, but no, really, it's all fucking, like, their teeth are fucking jacked up, but they were fine, and you never really noticed it before, so they did a good, good, good job on the witches, there's not, it's very subtle, but it's exactly what Gam Gam described earlier on, even when they take off their shoes, you see their feet, it looks like it just fucking stops at one point, it's just straight across, it looks great, and Angelica Houston's Grand Witch looks, of course, the best. Like, her little side help that's there, like, she looks good for what she is. Um, And again, the tea thing happens, but the only one to take off the mask is the Grand Witch. Like, earlier before, we we learned that all witches wear masks, and none of these witches are wearing masks. Unless they all wear, like, false teeth masks or something, made to look like they have perfectly fine teeth. And then here, they don't have, like, their teeth are completely fucked up for what it is. But the only one truly to take it off, and it looks great when she starts to pull the top of her head... Like, she pulls down the top of her forehead and reveals the skin from underneath. And once the mask actually comes off, in a decent little cutaway, you see that she's got the long nose. She has the super long fingers. She now has a hunchback after looking really fucking hot. Like, Angelica Houston back in this day, and shortly after, it's going to be Adam's Family and then Adam's Family Values. Looks so good, so elegant, and just absolutely stunning and then the makeup comes on and you can still see some of that elegance behind the mask just in the way that she's acting but they did a good job of what their design for what the grand witch would look like because if you look at the book and the illustrations that they have on him 
she just looks kind of normal, kind of plain, and they never really show you what, you know, you never kind of get an idea other than what's described inside of the book. But here, it looks just so vile and fantastic that no wonder why this fucked me up as a kid. Like, you see that, and you're like, oh my god. And even the way that, you know, she moves with her fingers, she can't really hold on to things very well, because she's just about to make it rain on the audience in just a bit. But, um... When she holds the stuff, it's obvious that the fingers are a little too long and prosthetic-y. Uh, but it just in general, like it's it's great. So where do we go from here? She explains her plan. She wants all the children dead. And of course, that does bring a little bit of dissent from the audience, which she deals with in the most obvious and clandestine way. We can't possibly wipe out all of them. Who spoke? Who dares to argue with me? It was you? I didn't mean to argue, Your Grandness. You dared to argue with me? No, no, honestly, it just was a... This stupid witch who answers back must burn until her bones are black. No, no. A foolish witch. Without a pain. My sizzle into fiery flame. A bitch who dares to say I'm wrong will not be pizzas. Very long. Oh, god damn, she fucking turned her into ashes, man. Like, really? Is that the way you want to go? But I guess this is the way you assert your dominance as the Grand High Witch. You don't fucking argue with her, and you haven't even heard the fucking plan. Like, she has a really good plan to get rid of all the children in Europe. In fact, you know what? I kind of want to buy into this myself. It'd be nice, well, at least all the children in England, not necessarily the children in Europe. Even though I think maybe other regions are doing better, and the only reason that she's showing up to England is because they fucked up. They're letting their kids, they're just letting people fuck all the time, spit out little kids, and then bam, like, this must be a very Catholic society that is going on right now at the time of this uh, film, whenever it does take place, because there's just way too many kids. Maybe the witches are really a form of population control. Like, they go in, they see, oh, hey, you know what? There's too many kids in this area. And that's when they really start smelling foul like dog shit. So they make sure that the areas, it doesn't smell so bad, right? There isn't a whole lot of dog shit waft in this part of the country, which means population is pretty well controlled. We have a good amount of kids, and we'd be happy to live with what we've got. Whereas over here in this very, like, urban area, it smells completely like dog shit, and we need to fucking wean and, you know, shoot them all and let God sort them out over here. But again, you know, we don't know exactly what the plan is for the kids, and how dare you fucking, like, decide that you know better than the Grand Witch. And, you know what's gonna happen? I'm gonna turn to Ash. So, what exactly is the plan of the Grand High Witch? Well... It has something to do with first you get the money, then you get the sugar, and then you get the children. I hope nobody else is going to make me cuss today. So, now, this is my plan. Each of you will go back to your homes and resign 
Pump your jobs. Give notice. Retire. You will then buy with the money I give you sweet shops, candy stores, the very best and most respectable sweet shops in England. <laughs> I have a truckload of this English money. So, you will be able to offer three, maybe four times what these shops are worth. Go, go. On a certain day, when all our plans are prepared, you'll announce a great gala opening with free sweets, candies, and chocolates for every child. Poison sweets! We'll wipe them out like weasels. Bushbuck. She did. It's brilliant. Poison. And you don't mind getting caught? Exposed. Vilified. Well, I just thought... Brainless fuck! You're blithering bumbugger! No wonder I'm in swarm. Now, if anybody could tell me exactly what she says at the end of that clip, I would fucking love to know. Because you... Like, what the hell did she say? Um, So, basically, the plan is... And again, I love the fact that she's like, what, you want to get caught? Like, you dumbass. You put poison in all the candy and everybody's going to be like, well, what could have happened? Oh, they got poison. Oh, hey, there was this free candy event that happened up a couple days ago. Hmm, I wonder if that's fucking connected. So, she's smart. She's got something that she's got planned, and what is it? It's a potion that she has called Potion Number 86, or something along those lines. And it does something. And she goes further into exactly what this Formula 86 does. Everything you sell that day will have been treated with my very latest and very greatest magic formula. Bitches back only with magic! Hey, wait, come here. Look at Mary. Formula 86. My greatest triumph. A work of genius. Formula 86! In this bottle, 500 doses. With a delay mechanism that prevents it from working until two hours after it has been taken. <laughs> what does it do, genius one? Yes, you can. The time works to the second. But more than five doses breaks the delay barrier and the formula works instantly. <laughs> the child starts to shrink. <laughs> the child starts to grow fur. 
going a taste. <laughs> All this happens in precisely 25 seconds. Shrinking more. Child is no longer a child. So again, I fucking love Angelica Houston because even when I'm listening back to that, as you guys are listening to it at the same time, I'm just imagining all of her fucking motions that she's doing, how she's conveying the witch, explaining this to everybody. It's fantastic. It's not just like listening to her is fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but seeing her in motion doing this is great. Now, another change that I didn't talk about Well, I did earlier in the podcast, but it comes down to the money. See, in this, she just has a trunk of the money. In the book, she actually has a money-making machine that she uses. And that comes into play a little later on in the, the book, but you don't really need to know about it. But again... I thought it's kind of interesting they decided to take that out. Because, honestly, it doesn't change a lot of the story. She has a bunch of money. She's going to give a bunch of money to buy these candy shops. And then she's going to have them make chocolate with this stuff in it. Now, of course, she has already timed some chocolate that she's made with Formula 86. And she's giving it to none other than Bruno. This afternoon, at precisely 4.15... I put one dose of my formula on the bar of chocolate. I gave it to a repulsive, smelly boy who was in the lobby. (laughs) Was that good? I asked him. Got any more? (laughs) Said a nauseating child. Six more bars like that one. I told him. (laughs) In two minutes' time, this appalling, foul-smelling creature is coming to collect his reward. (laughs) In five minutes' time, you'll see my magic formula in action. The appalling child will be here. And you'll see my miracle. <laughs> Come on. Hurry up. Hurry up. And so Bruno, he comes into the room uh, at about the time that everything is going to go down. So everybody has to run, put the wigs on, their shoes back on, make sure that they look human-like. And then he comes up because she promised him six more bars of that chocolate. And as he's asking basically, hey, bitches, where's my fucking chocolate? Uh, All of a sudden, he starts convulsing. And the one thing that she didn't talk about uh, that happens first, actually, is they start fucking rocking back and forth. Like, they do this weird, like, dance, like, shake type of epileptic seizure that they get into. And then they start turning into a mouse. So, here, it's actually really fucking freaky and cool at the same time to watch him turn into the mouse. Because the first thing he does is burp, and then all of a sudden, green smoke starts 
blowing fucking everywhere. It comes out of his ears, comes out of his mouth. He gains the ears like a mouse would. And then there's an animatronic puppet of him slowly changing in different stages. And it looks pretty damn good. There's a good shot of Bruno with like mouse hair and like the nose and stuff starting while he's still a kid. That looks great too. Until eventually he does become a mouse and he runs away. And that leads everybody to the cheer, and they're really excited about what's happening next. Now, what gets me in this scene, the entire time, Luke is hanging out here with his mice. Eventually, he does leave, like, lose the mice, and they run away. But how nobody could smell him makes no sense to me. Unless, you know, he's changed his bathroom regimen, and he hasn't showered in a couple weeks, then, you know, they fucking just smell dirt or whatever it is. So... But when Bruno comes in, everybody automatically is like, oh man, this kid fucking smells like shit. And which means that even though he's a fucking slob, he's not a true fucking slob because he cleans himself enough to smell like fresh dog shit. So they all kind of rejoice after everything has been done. And they basically lay out plans of what they're going to do later and how they're going to distribute it. And then all of a sudden, somebody smells something. Tonight you will come to my room in groups of ten. Room number 208. I will give you each a bottle containing 500 doses. Also plenty of money. Do not forget your nose plugs for the dinner. The dining room will be full of filthy children and without your nose plugs, the stink will be unbearable. Now we will have drinks on the terrace with that ridiculous manager. Are there any questions? Madam, I if one of the chocolates we give away were accidentally eaten by a grown-up. <laughs> Since that's just too bad for the grown-up. The meeting is over. Until next year. <laughs> Okay, now now they can smell fucking Luke. Like, the whole time, the Grand Witch and her, like, little secretary or where the fuck she is has been hanging out on stage the entire time, and Luke is just a little bit off to the right on that side of the stage. So the entire time, are you telling me that you couldn't fucking smell him? Like, the only person that could is one of the fucking workers until she went up and she was trying to collect the coat, like, the clothes of poor old Bruno who's turned into a mouse and has run off into the fucking distance? So, of course, they try to capture fucking Luke because he's seen everything that's going on and then we get a little bit of a chase scene in the the whole thing. He manages to get away almost right away and he manages to get outside. Now one probably most fucked up part of the chase scene also happens when he's trying to run down the hill like outside towards the ocean to get away from them and there's a lady that's sleeping there with her baby in the baby carriage. Uh, the Grand Witch comes up, she holds her nose, she does like a coochie 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 coo to that, and then fucking kicks the baby so it starts going down the hill to go over the cliff out into the sea. And it's at that moment that when she's like, bye bye, the mom wakes up once the fucking carriage starts rolling and doesn't say shit to the lady. Like, she doesn't notice that she's even there, she doesn't notice that anything's going on, that she's talking to the kid. 
Nothing is going to keep her from fucking getting her fucking catnap. But the moment that it starts moving, I mean, the moment that it's fucking pushed, all of a sudden, boom, she's off of the races and she can't get it. And then Luke, he does manage to stop the baby carriage from going over the hill. And honestly... I was rooting for Luke the whole fucking time. I was like, no, don't get caught. Because I'm like, i trying to remember what exactly happened. Because you know he does get caught. Because in the trailers, you know he gets turned into a mouse. But I just didn't remember when. And I was like, rooting for him to like, get away from them. I can't believe that I was like, becoming so invested to this kid that can't act his emotional way out of a fucking box. But he does manage to save the baby carriage, which also relieved me. Like, I was like, oh my god, I can't believe he actually was able to make it there. And then, of course, uh, the witches try to get him, and none of them can get him. Like, he's there holding the damn carriage, and nobody can just grab him. So he gets away from them, and he goes back up to the room where Gam Gam is still sound asleep, and tries to wake her up to no avail because somebody else has shown up, and they do manage to capture him. Grandma! Grandma, wake up! Oh, please, Grandma! My Grandma! An old adversary, I have discovered. Very old. If you hurt my Grandma... Silence! So he turns into a mouse, and again, the same type of scene like we saw with Bruno, but it's not as dramatic as what Bruno went through because we've already seen it before, and maybe the budget didn't allow for two different mouse type of like puppets, freaky looking mouse puppets, to watch him turn into a mouse as well. Um, there is a the portion from the trailer exists here that I didn't because there's a lot of like just like sound and him burping and him spinning around which is cackling and stuff like that but she does go bye and I think it's great um I just really didn't feel like I should bring down the audio like have it go that long for that but they try to kill him and he does manage to get away and that's where he realizes once he gets into the walls that hey he can talk and he looks to see if Bruno is down there Bruno? I don't believe it. I can talk. Bruno? Who's that? Bruno? It's me, Luke. Uh, I'm down here. Where? I can't see you. Down here. You can talk too. This is weird. This icing is terrific. Are you okay? They didn't give me the six bars of chocolate they promised. You couldn't eat six bars of candy now that you're a mouse. Don't be stupid. I'm not a... 
But just because you're up, that doesn't mean that I'm up. Good Lord. <laughs> well, I'm not too keen on being a mouse, but the grub's good. How long before we change back, do you think? Mm, I don't think we will. Of course we will. We've got to get upstairs and wake my grandma. I'm real worried about her. I mean, maybe it was the witch, or maybe it was her diabetes. I only know she didn't wake up when I... She's got some peanuts, too. Mmm, dry roasted. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. Come on. Okay, couple things. First, the only way to get the fat kid to go along is to give him food. He's still fucking obsessed with food. Ooh, she's got peanuts? Oh, I guess I can go and try to turn myself back into a little boy. Uh, but whatever. Second thing, he said diabetes. That made my fucking day. <laughs> He's been hanging out with Wilford Brimley just a little bit too much. So, they decide that they're going to go back into the room. And the the whole thing that's going on there, like, that they can't believe that they're mice. Uh, well, Bruno can't until he realizes that, well, he'll be damned. I really like the kid that plays Bruno. Even when he was a kid, I thought it was pretty good. He's great as a mouse. He has really good timing. Um, but is it the same person? Sometimes I don't feel like it is. Like, it's the same kid. Because I don't feel like it's the same person with Luke. Because everything prior to that, like, seems so dry and dull. And once we hit this point in the movie, I fucking love Luke. I love Luke the mouse. I love how he does the voice for the... the damn character it's great there's emotion and it comes a lot from the animatronics which are fantastic i really love what you get from the mice like the uh bruno mouse like when he says well i'll be damned like there's so much emotion behind it just from the little fucking robot mice that you have there like if this was done nowadays maybe it look a little sleeker but i don't think that you get the same type of a charm that you get from this mouse like this is the point of the film, though, that I lo- I totally thought was a lot longer than what it actually turned out to be. Like, this is about 50 minutes into an hour and a half movie. Really, the movie's pretty much about uh, somewhere around 129 minutes, maybe a little bit less than that. But for the most part, this is the longest, like, this is the section of the movie that I remember the most. And it's not a whole lot of the movie. I mean, this is, like I said, it's about 50 minutes in. So if you think about it, you've really got about 45 minutes left of the movie that he's going to be a mouse. And you've spent most of the time before in the first 80 minutes of him being a kid and being introduced to the witches and doing all that stuff. Which is great, because I love the time with the witches and all that stuff with their little convention. Which is a big portion of the movie as well. But you could kind of have skipped some of the stuff with Gam Gam in the beginning, but we got to learn more about the witches in the world that this is in, so it is important that it's in there. I just totally remember the mouse part a lot more vivid than I remembered everything else, except for the witch convention. I remember that part, but I thought it was a lot quicker coming in there. So, Bruno and Luke managed to make it back up to the floor where Luke's grandma's room is at, and while they're traveling, they discussed what actually the benefits of being a mouse now are. You know, being like this might not be so bad. There won't be any more school from now on. That'll be all right. Hey, look at that. Don't eat the cheese, Bruno. Remember, from now on, we've got two enemies, humans and cats. Yikes, we've got three cats at home. They'll have to go. My mother loves them, but she's terrified of mice. 
Okay, so that's a really great reason to become a mouse. You know, short lifespan, uh, the fact that you like eating crap. Um, well, I guess it works for Bruno, right? Because Bruno kind of likes eating crap as it is. Hey-o! Uh, but in general, it's like all of a sudden, like, well, the good thing is we don't have to worry about school anymore. But the bad thing is, you know, cats and humans are probably going to try to kill us. And that's, you know, noted because... Since there's the whole, like, they mentioned the whole the mouse thing, there's all these mouse traps all over the hotel now, and that's why he's telling him don't eat the cheese, because he's probably going to get his head snapped off. And it's funny, because they use a mix of animatronic and real, like, train mice, and one of the real mice looks like it's going after the cheese when the camera cuts away, so I don't know if it maybe it accidentally got into one of those, and they couldn't stop it from eating the cheese, and maybe lost a mouse on set. I don't know. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure that they, uh, you know, did a good thing with them. And so from here, we got into a weird, there's a weird scene that kind of happens. It's only like for a second, but what's weird about it is they do acknowledge it. So when they get up to the floor where they're going and getting close to the room, you see Rowan Atkinson and one of his employees all of a sudden come out of one of the rooms that's there on the hotel. And she obviously looks like she's straightening her hair or something. And I'm like, this is a kid's film and you're going to put this in there? Like, what's the point? Like, you got rid of the money machine. Why does this need to be a part of this movie? Is this something for the parents? I don't know. I don't really care because it's not something that really is worthwhile having in this film. So... I really thought that maybe it's just something else, or they were talking, you know, ha ha ha. But then all of a sudden, the next scene, before Luke confronts his grandma about the Grand High Witch, they do acknowledge it. Is she sober? Yes, of course she's sober. I've been with her all afternoon. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I saw her. Uh, yes, she's sober. Don't be stupid. Go to the second floor and don't take- Grandma! Grandma! Mm-hmm. Here by the phone! It's me, Luke. Are you all right? Luke? It's me, Grandma. Luke! It was the Grand High Witch. She's in this hotel. Oh, my God. Don't cry, Grandma. It's okay. Things could have been worse. I got away from him. I'm still alive. My darling Luke. What have they done to you? They, they turned me into a mouse. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't, can't stop shaking. The Grand High Witch, here. There's hundreds of them, right here in this hotel. I knew it. I could see it in her eyes. Oh, Lord. If they hold their ambulance you Okay, so first she's sitting on top of Bruno, and that's what you get at the end of the scene. She's all surprised about it. Second, the animatronic used for the mouse in the this scene is not the best in the world, because it's kind of like a distant shot. Everything, when you get an up-close vision of the mice, they look great. This one doesn't look the best in the world. And then I love the whole thing where he's like, well, Gam Gam's like, Luke, what did they do to you? And he's like, they, they turned me into a mouse. Like... What the fuck do you think happened, Grandma? Like, look at me. I'm fucking furry. I got a fucking tail, and I'm, like, fucking two inches tall or some shit like that. What the fuck do you think that they did to me? 
Like, no, uh, they separated my soul from my body, and I'm ethereal, and I'm talking to you. Or I've turned into, like, you know, retribution of Christ here. I'm here to take you to heaven because now it's time for the rapture because the witches says so. No, they turn him into a fucking mouse. Come on, Grandma. What the fuck is going wrong with you? Like, I get it. You're kind of in disbelief, and the fact that your grandson is now a mouse after you've lost your son and your daughter-in-law... Yeah, it kind of sucks. Like, everything's not coming up gam-gam right now. It's coming up somebody else. And then we have Bruno here. So they devise a, a plan that they need to do. Because Luke definitely believes that they need to do something about the witches. And so we get an awkward scene before this, though, that is between um, Bruno's parents. Well, Bruno's dad and the Grand High Witch, where he's, like, kind of flirting with her. In the background, you see the mom getting upset because she's... He's flirting with her because he's trying to make, like, a business deal or trying to show, like, ooh, I give a lot to charity. Again, does it need to be in the movie? No, not really. It's just a weird segue to kind of pad time. And then back upstairs, we meet with Luke and Gam Gam and Bruno, and they go over the plan that they have basically to get something, well, get one of the bottles of Formula 86 from the witches so that maybe they can strike back. If I could get the formula into their food... You just have to get me down to the Grand High Witch's room, Grandma. I'm ready. I don't know. I've got to find the formula, Grandma. No. This is too dangerous. Grandma. It's not far down, Grandma. You're asking me to lure you into the jaws of death. You two can't take on the Grand High Witch. Yes, we can. We've got to. No one else is going to believe us. Quick, before she comes back. Luke. Luke, be careful. So she puts him in some of the knitting that she's done. She lowers him. And miraculously, the Grand High Witch has the room directly below them. Like, this is totally set up perfectly that they would have that space, right? So she lowers him down, and of course, he almost gets attacked by a cat. Now... I thought that he would have been flung from the tree because he keeps going back and back and back and the cat puts it on. And the moment that she brings down her knitting to get distract the, the black cat, uh, he's able to be fine. I thought it would have been really funny if he got flung or something forward uh, and then the cat would have grabbed him and then would you know torn him apart and it would have been a great ending to the movie. But no, uh, he's able to get inside the room while she's distracting the cat. I also thought it would be funny if she was playing with the cat the way that she was playing with him and she just happened to lead him over to the ledge and then when the cat went to jump for the the yarn uh, and when he's jumping she pulls it up and then the cat just flies over the balcony and falls down and splats. But knowing cats they'd fucking survive so you wouldn't get rid of it but at least then you protect your son or grandson I should say from any dangers that could happen while he was in the room. So he does keep looking through the room while the Grand High Witch starts to come back. And of course, at the last possible moment, he knocks over some of the uh, books that are up on the shelf, and they happen to contain bottles of Formula 86. He wraps one with his tail, and he manages to get outside of the room before the Grand High Witch comes back. She comes, and she sees that things are kind of askew. She calls for a cap leapshin, and then she sees that he's being distracted outside. Assistance. Oh, I, I'm so sorry. I, I dropped my knitting. You? I, I'm I, I'm knitting something for my grandson. You haven't seen him by any chance. No, no. Come, Libsha. 
I am dreadfully sorry. I do apologize. That's quite all right. If I see your grandson, I will... I will turn him into a mouse. And you, meddling old woman, I will deal with later. Liebchen. You've already turned him into a mouse. I mean, if you recognized her, you've seen him also in the goddamn like cafeteria eating area or wherever the fuck it's called of this hotel. Uh, so you know that he and her are together and you captured him. Like, it, to me, it makes absolutely no sense uh, what is going on in this situation, how you don't recognize her after all that you fucking like tried to kill her or inconvenience her earlier on in the film. Uh, there's also like a thing that Luke had said before was like, we're the only ones that can stop him. Uh, and I think when he says it, he refers to Gam Gam and him. But when she says you two can't take on the high witches, she refers to him and Bruno. And so far, Bruno ain't doing shit. He's just hanging out in the fucking room, eating fucking peanuts and grapes and whatever the fuck he can find in there. Like the little fat fucking piggy that he is. Good fucking Lord. They're getting me on this fucking train now. And and so you have like the only one that's doing anything is fucking Luke and and Grandma to some extent because she's helping him, but he does manage to hide uh, underneath the carpets, run through, uh, and get back upstairs to Grandma uh, right in time and reveal that he's managed to get a bottle of Formula Eighty Six. Grandma, Grandma, I got it! I've got the formula. Oh my God. Luke, darling, I was so worried. There's 500 doses in this one little bottle, Grandma. It's enough to change all the witches in this hotel. Where's Bruno? There's some jolly good grapes here. What's happening? Nothing until dinner time. Now, we've got to get you back to your parents. What time is it? Seven. They'll be in the bar. A sherry and a large malt whiskey and soda at seven sharp. It gives you an appetite. Does it? Come on, into my handbag, both of you. Oh, so that gives you an appetite? Well, you know what works for me? I just smoked the reefer. Come on, Bruno, let's go take you downstairs to your parents. So they do go downstairs, and she does actually run into his parents, which causes another situation uh, to where it's, again, one of those things where it's like, we're going to show you what's going on. I'm going to explain everything. I'm going to be the kooky old grandma that you don't believe, and you're going to yell at me, and then I'm going to try to show you that I'm right, and when I do, you're going to freak the fuck out. Sorry. Now look what you've done. She was drowning it. Are you Mr. and Mrs. Jenkins? Call in one, madam. What can we do for you? I would like to have a word with you about your son. <laughs> sit down, sit down. Well... Please, please. No, no, no. Now, what's the little tyke been up to now? Leading the kitchen, I suppose. <laughs> if we could go somewhere more private. Private? Well, it is rather a personal matter. <laughs> Look, Mrs. Uh, whatever your name is... If Bruno has broken a window or smashed your spectacles, I'll pay for it. But we're not budging out of this seat. We always sit at this table. Where is Bruno, anyway? (laughs) You tell him to come here and see me. (laughs) He is here already. What? In my handbag. Your son has suffered a mishap. He has been drastically altered. Altered? What do you mean, altered? Well, I'm trying to tell you as gently as possible. 
My grandson saw them doing it to him. Saw who doing what? Saw the witches turn him into a mouse. You crackers. Look, get the manager, dear. Tell them to throw this old nutcase out of the hotel. You need a funny farm, you do. Tell them, Bruno. It is Bruno. Come on, tell them, Bruno. Get out of here. Just how dare you? Come on, tell them, Bruno. Get out of here. Bruno. Ouch, ouch. Out before I call the police, you pardon me, old Rooney. Just go on, they recognize me. Push off! Never come back, you stupid old witch! I did my best, Bruno. No, don't worry, dear. Yeah, you did your best, but Bruno didn't do shit. Like, when he, she's like, come on, go ahead and say something, he's like, uh... I'm too busy eating the peanuts in your goddamn purse. Like, what the hell is going on here? It's just kind of a weird one of those scenes where... Like, yeah, I get it, because we have to have the other characters cast some doubt on Grandma and what she has to say. Nobody really knows who she is, but it could have been very easy for Bruno just to come out of the purse and be like, hey, yo, it is me, and there's shit going down. But, of course, this lengthens everything that happens in the film, and he's not too worried, because I think he's more worried about the fact that his mom prefers cats to mice, and there's going to be a problem with him uh, in the future if he remains a mouse. So we then come back upstairs and we see that the one cleaning lady that's been basically making out or hooking up with Rowan Atkinson's character, she's upstairs like cleaning the rooms and she's cleaning the Grand High Witch's room now after they've all left. Uh, And she steals some of her perfume, you know, and sprays it on her. And then she looks up on the shelf and she sees the bottles of Formula 86. And she takes some, she dabs some on her neck, thinking that perfume. And we know that that's not going to turn out very well later on in the film. I think the fact that she also rubs some on her boobs is probably also not going to be a very good thing as well. So we follow the Grand Witch back downstairs, and they're getting ready to have their banquet. And her help, she's like along with her. And of course, she's not supposed to be doing anything because, hey, she's just the help, as the Grand Witch explains. What are you doing here? The banquet, Miss Ernst. No, 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 no. You must go to your room and prepare for, for tomorrow's flight. Yes, have a good flight. But it's our banquet. You are not here to enjoy yourself. You are here as my staff. Go to your home. Now, leave. I quit. So ultimately, this actually saves her from her fate as what's going to happen to the other witches that are actually eating the dinner for that night. We cut back over into the kitchen and we see that Gam Gam, she's a little worried about letting Luke go on his own and trying to find something to put Formula 86 into. And of course, he's going into the kitchen where there's a bunch of cooks and shit that, you know, honestly, there's only one person in the goddamn kitchen that's even wearing gloves, and that's a fucking witch that's stirring some of the soup. So we see Luke navigate the kitchen and he manages to get onto the shelf above where the soup is and drop the Formula 86 into the soup that is specifically there for the witches. Back over in the dining room, we see that Bruno's dad, he wonders what type of soup are they going to have, and he says, well, well, Ron Atkinson basically tells him, well, they're getting the crass soup, and you're getting this, and he's like, well, I don't want this, I want crass soup, uh, and of course he fights back and forth, and he gets his way, because he's a rich motherfucker, and he's a bastard, 
And so now we find out that the Kre soup is the soup that is going to be poisoned with the Formula 86. Luke tries to run away outside of the kitchen, but he manages to take a butcher's knife to the tail, just a portion of it, and he manages to get inside one of the cook's trousers. It's a relatively funny scene, but the fact that everybody just looks like they're fucking trying to jerk him off really disturbs me. And then when you hear Rowan Atkinson says, Take your trousers off, take your trousers off. It's actually relatively funny in a kid context, but if you put an adult spin on it, it's quite a bit worse. So that he manages to get away and get back over to Gam Gam. We get an image of the the help, uh, you know, the Grand Witch's help, and she's in a room by herself and she's eating whatever they have there, and she's just kind of like, "Why am I even doing this?" Which is like an eighty-yard scene. This is really weird because, like, you get the voiceover, and this is the only time that it's noticeable ADR. Like something happened with a screening, and they don't know why she's in the room eating by herself, even though she said she quit and she's not going to be with Angelica houston anymore so she's upstairs eating and she's just like i don't want to be a a, basically a witch anymore a bad witch anymore and it makes sense why it's put in if they did afterwards because of what happens at the end of the film we cut back over to grandma at the table as she's waiting for uh roan atkinson's character to bring over a dustpan that contains luke uh because she knocked something over by quote-unquote accident and he came over to help clean it up and that leads to the, the revelation that Bruno's dad, he's going to be eating some of the soup soon. I bring you your main course. Well, I put it in the soup. The whole bottle? Every drop. You angel. <gasps> You're bleeding. One of the cooks tried to cut off my tail with a carving knife. <gasps> Look, the Grand High Witch is eating the soup. They all are. Would you like another roll, sir? No, never. If I like some, I like some, I like some black pepper, please. Oh, my God. What? Bruno's father is about to eat the soup, too. Stop him! Quick! Oh, so that's a weird bread. It's been a nightmare. At least we got some crash soup. Don't touch it! Fuck, I told you she was a loony. an absolute nutter! Look at my bloody soup! And all that stuff about Bruno! Bruno has been turned into... He has not been turned into a... Yes, I have. Hello, Dad. You know what? I would have allowed that son of a bitch to be turned into a fucking rat the way that he's treating Gam Gam and the way that he's been treating the rest of the staff of the goddamn hotel. Just let him drink the fucking soup and turn into a mouse and then his mom can go off and be happy. Meanwhile, she's got a husband and a son that are now fucking mice. Uh, at the same time, we go back into the kitchen and we see that the uh, one witch that tasted the soup after the formula had been dropped into the soup, she is now turning into a mouse until she ultimately does and then tries to run back over to uh, the Grand High Witch and warn her that, hey, you know, don't eat the soup, don't eat the soup. But ultimately, and this is really gruesome, uh, the Grand High Wish squashes the fucking mouse. Like, she steps down on it and green blood just spews everywhere. It, like, it's, it's pretty nasty. And for a kid's film, 
That is really fucking rough. Like, I'm surprised that that amount of gore actually got into this film. It looks great, um, and it is was extremely surprising for what was going on in the film. Uh, we cut back over, and they're, Gam Gam, she's trying to explain exactly what's going on, and as she tells him, because he wants to know, Bruno's dad wants to know, who the hell did this, and as... She's trying to explain to him the witches, they all start turning into mice because there was over 500 doses of the formula that got dropped into there. See, I thought that it was like if you put a dose on it, you know, if you mix chocolate with, say, 500 doses, it would be like spread out, right? But I guess maybe that's concentrated enough for when it gets put into the soup for everything to happen within 25 seconds after eating it. Which, that kind of makes sense. I try not to think too much into this one. But honestly, you would think it would get very diluted. That one dose might be in each of them. And it might take a couple hours before things actually happen. So, as they all turn, start turning into mice, Gam Gam points out exactly who is the one that did this to Bruno. Woman over there. She is the Grand High Witch. Grandma, she needs more time to become a. She did it to Bruno. And thousands of other children before him. Good evening. So there's a lot of chaos that's going on in the scene and the audio is really rough because of it because there's just tons of witches turning into mice slowly but surely and then the ones that are are being basically hunted down by the kitchen staff to be destroyed. And she, when Bruno jumps at her and actually finally fucking does something, she starts turning into the witch, or into a rat-witch hybrid. Like, (laughs) uh, sorry to be so, like, slow and stuttering there, but uh, it's really quite creepy. Again, the puppet that is used for the point when she is, like, turning into the mouse is really scary, really creepy. But again, she tries her hardest to basically say she's going to get her, you know, get Gam Gam, but of course the tables are turned. Most evil and appalling woman in the world. The loathsome, hideous, disgrace. This time, it's your turn. So, in the background, again, we've got people just hacking mice with fucking uh, knives, smacking with mallets, chasing them around, and then Gam Gam, she manages to capture the Grand High Witch in one of the water jugs uh, upside down and traps her in there. Uh, we see that Ron Atkinson, he's going through with a butcher's knife, and he's basically been taking down a couple of the mice, and Gam Gam approaches him and tells him that there's one part 
particularly dangerous mouse over there that she captured. There is a specially infectious one over there, under the water junk. Thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure. All while this is happening, the help has also come downstairs to see what all the commotion is about, and she is utterly surprised at what is happening to all the witches that were there at the convention. So everybody is basically being turned to mouse, uh, and what you've seen at the end there is him taking that butcher's knife and splitting her head open, and you see him hit the puppet! Again, for a kid's movie, this is outrageous. I can't believe that this is actually in this movie. I was super surprised to even see that this is going on. Then remembered, this is 1990. This is okay for a G or PG-rated film. So, the Grand High Witch has been killed. And Gam Gam, she's going to bring Bruno back over to his parents. And in the background, you see her, the Help Witch... Uh, smile and look at Gam Gam all happily that they've taken care of everybody here in this room. So this is uh, starting to get towards the end, but this is the heartfelt goodbye to Bruno and his parents accepting the fact that their son is going to be a mouse for the rest of his life. My mom's not very crazy about mice. So I see. Here is Bruno. Thank you. He needs to go on a diet. Dad. Hi, Mum. No, stop it, stop it, dear. Stop it. This is our Bruno. Don't cry, Mum. You'll get used to me. Just a minute, Grandma. Bye, Bruno. Bye. Excuse me. Oh, Mum, you always wanted me to lose weight. Well, look at me now. Yeah, because that's exactly what your mom wanted, to be turned into a goddamn mouse. So that way you lose the weight, right? Ooh, I mean, it's kind of a funny scene, to be honest with you. But, and the other thing that happens is, you know, Luke and Gam Gam, they're just going to fucking ditch. Like, they've caused all this problem, all this fucking mayhem, and they're just, I'm gone, out of here, peace, bitches. But there is one last thing that Luke wants to do. And he runs really fast with a tag and runs away and then ends up coming back and joining Gam Gam as they leave the hotel while all the basically exterminators are now popping up. So far as I know, there are no witches left in England if this was like the big witch convention that was happening here at this hotel. And the Grand High Witch is now gone. She's been killed. And there's only one witch left out of everything that's happened with here. And that was the help. We cut back over to England to the house that Gam Gam and Luke now live in and we see that it's been kind of weirdly outfitted for like with a bunch of tubes and stuff so that Luke can easily travel around the house. There's a car that's pulling up and it looks like a uh, delivery vehicle and it turns out that whatever Luke was having delivered, uh, well, it has a bunch of Skrill in it. Uh, Mrs. Evesham? Yes, it is. There's a trunk for you. A trunk? Will you sign for it? Yes, all right. Come in. Oh, great, great, it's arrived. Don't open it yet, Grandma. Wait for me. Put it down there. That'll do fine. All right. 
that's it. Here I come. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, madam. But uh, I still have no idea who it could be from. This is really going to surprise you. Okay, open it, Grandma. Yes, but what is it? Open it. <gasps> Money. Look. I saw it when I was in the Grand High Witch's room. I figured we could really use it when we go to America. America? Yes. We've got to go home. Because, look. It was the Grand High Witches, and it has the name and address of every witch in America. Look, you are a genius. <laughs> so, they're going to go and become the witch-hunting duo of Gam Gam and Luke, uh, the mouse, as they go and use the witch's book to go into the U.S., and destroy every witch that's out here. Like, honestly, she doesn't have a whole lot left in her, and he probably doesn't have a whole lot left in him either, and this is what they're going to do for the rest of their life. Well, they are set with a ton of money that they got from the witch, so I guess there's one bonus, I guess, they have to the whole thing. Now, this is where everything does kind of differ from the book and from the movie. So we're going to go through the rest of the end of the film, and then when we come back from the end of the credits, we'll talk about what the differences are. So... Right before, they're going to go to a bed, and, you know, Gam Gam still wishes for something better for him. Doesn't want him to be a mouse from the rest of his life, and maybe there's a good witch that could actually turn him back. It doesn't matter who you are and what you are, as long as somebody loves you. Oh, Luke, what a day. Perhaps we could find a good witch to turn you back into my grandson. I'll never be able to drive a real car, will I, Grandma? Oh, I don't know. How long do my live, Grandma? I hope we have time to take on those American witches. Can we go to New York? I've never been to New York. Can we travel there by ship? First class. The best, cabin. The best of everything. Good night, Grandma. Good night, Luke. And so, Gam Gam, she kind of says it with a little bit of a sigh of, like, sadness, right? Because she knows that mice don't live very long, and she doesn't really answer that question for poor old Luke here. Meanwhile, when they go to sleep... And can I also say something before I continue? Um, what? Why would you go by boat? At least at this point, you have airplanes. You can go first class flying. Like, it's going to be a lot faster. You don't have a whole lot to live, little guy. So try to get there as fast as possible so you can take down as many witches as possible before either they squash you or you just die from old mouse age. So they go to sleep, and then we see a car pull up from outside the front of the house. And who does it happen to be but the good witch? Well, the help that we saw early in the movie because she's turned good. Like, remember, there's that little AR, like, 80 yard scene where she talks about how she doesn't want to do this anymore and that's why that was put in there i have a feeling that all of a sudden when she shows up here and she heals uh luke turns him back into a little boy in a very awkward scene but nonetheless she does it gives him back his mice gives him back his uh glasses 
I have a feeling that they didn't understand audiences didn't understand why this even happened. So they put that little piece of dialogue in there, basically say, hey, I don't want to be a bad witch anymore. I want to be a good witch uh, and not a sandwich. So they have uh, her show up and make everything right. And now that he's become a, a full boy once again, he's able to continually live his life and also be with Graham Graham until the end and possibly take all the other witches out, then the rest of the U.S. But he does remind her to do one last thing before she leaves, and then we get the end credits and end theme. And so that was The Witches. Now, what was the big difference between the two endings in this film? Well, the big thing was the good witch that shows up. In the book, he actually knows that he only has about nine years to live. He figures that out and that he wants to live with his grandma. And he basically tells her that, hey, at least I get to live out, you know, we can live out your last years together and I can go basically die at the same time so I don't have to live without you. Which is pretty fucked up and morbid. And Ronald Dahl, he hated the fact that they changed the ending of the book so much. Like, that that he actually turned back into a boy and he didn't continue, you know, he was still going to continue his adventures with Graham Graham, but he didn't continue them as a mouse. He continued them as little boys were led to believe in this film. So... Was it a change for the better? I think for the kids it might be a better change, especially when it comes to a movie. It's definitely a more uplifting ending, but it's a more, it's hard to say realistic ending, but realistic ending And when we've really set things kind of in motion that things can't be undone. We see that the girl in the beginning, she basically lives to old age and she dies inside of the painting. So what's to say that we can't change like the way that everything happens with the mice? So... Do I enjoy this film? Do I enjoy the way it ends better than the book? I think they're both okay. Um, It's not a big deal for me. Honestly, it's not a deal breaker. Except for I can kind of understand why they added that little piece of dialogue to it. So, overall, I think this is a great family-friendly film. And I think it's actually a great film just in general. It didn't receive a whole lot of, like, box office numbers. It wasn't like... It was kind of considered a flop, to be honest with you. But it was a critical success. I mean, the makeup is fantastic. The sets are great. The animatronics 
for the most part, are really fucking cool. Uh, the expressions with the mouse, and even the way that Angelica Houston, under the makeup, the facial expressions that she can make, it's so good, and it's so well worth your time. This is a film that you need to watch, and if you've got young kids that are kind of on the edge uh, that want to watch a horror movie but aren't still not quite sure, this might be the way to kind of lead them into horror if they really are interested in the stuff that you do watch. I, th- I totally recommend this film to anybody out there, but especially if you, you know, you got kids and you want to watch something that's fun that you guys can enjoy together. So what do I rate this film overall? Uh, the gore, I'm going to give it a one out of five because I'm very surprised with the two things that actually happened. The splatting rat and the axe, or not the axe, but the butcher's knife to the head. Uh, I didn't expect those. Those existed in old PG and G movies when I was a kid and they happened to be here. I must have just blocked that shit out of my brain. Uh, the crap factor, it's a 2 out of 5. Sometimes the animatronics look pretty bad. Uh, you don't really need Rowan Atkinson's character and the stuff, side things that they did. Ugh. I don't even need to know about the scene which, you know, he goes up and he finally meets his girl that I didn't really talk about. And she's got, like, mouse hair and so he no longer is, is interested in, in her. Like, it's such a minute point that I forgot it and it doesn't really add anything to the film. Uh, I could deal with all... All of those things. Maybe there was more that should have been added to there. I don't know. Uh, and then some of the makeup is eh, not the best in the world. Some of the makeup, I think, is it looks good for what you're trying to convey with the witches. But some of it is just like bald guys sitting in the audience at the same time. So it still is a, a very fun movie. So my fun factor, it's a 5 out of 5. It's worth it alone just to watch Angelica Houston work in this movie. She is so good like ultimately good like i was worried like with little monsters nostalgia glasses really affected me i enjoyed that film as a kid this i was afraid of the same thing and i still fucking loved it i'm not ashamed to love this fucking movie it is great it is such like there are some little things here and there that are just nitpicky things but in general i just I had a smile on my face the entire time. When I finished it, I still had a smile on my face. Like, I enjoyed the whole process of from the movie from the beginning to the end, even though the beginning's a little bit slower than I wanted it to be. So what do I rate this overall? Well, I'm going to rate this 4 out of 5 fat boy mice. Like... I think, again, you should watch this film. If you enjoy Angelica Houston, make sure that you watch this film. If you enjoy Jim Henson's Creature Workshop, make sure you watch this film. If you want a horror movie that is for you and for your kids, watch this film. It is so good. It is so. It holds up so well, with the exception of a couple of things. But it's. I was just amazed at how much... I really enjoyed this movie. It doesn't quite get a 5 out of 5 because I still feel there are some shortcomings and things could have been explained better. Um, You know, why witches want kids gone from the world. You know, I'd like to know that. That would be kind of interesting, especially when she's talking about what all things witches hate. Well, why do they hate kids? You never really got into it. So I'd like to know a little more. And I'd like a little more time to be spent with uh, the rat version of Luke because the kid version of Luke is a fucking like dead weight but i love the rat version of him he's so cute it's so he does the role so well like when he doesn't have to be in front of a camera he fucking hams it up perfectly he shows emotion it's great i love it i cannot stand when he's just a kid i don't get it so four out of five 
rat boy mice. So, what are we watching next? Well, that I'm not really going to tell you because there's a couple things that are actually coming up. So, first I want to talk to you guys about something that I'm going to be involved in with a bunch of other podcasts out there. The Paranormal Pativity Podcast, uh, Dave's Pop Culture Podcast, uh, Creature Features Podcast, Black Cat Shadow, uh, the B-Movie Bros, Back in Time Podcast. We're all getting together and we're all talking about the Universal Monster Movies. We've all picked different ones that are out there. And we're basically going to do a review in the style that we do reviews. So, the first one is already out, and it's The Invisible Man over with Creature Features. You can check them out at Creature Feature Pod on Twitter. Uh, You can also go to geeksoftheindustry.com slash CLCF, uh, and then slash 2018 slash 6-2. And you can actually listen to the Creature Features Pod and start the whole process. Now, the next one that I'm going to release will be a bonus episode, and it will be The Creature from the Black Lagoon, which you can expect around June 11th of 2018. I say the year because somebody might listen to this later, see that it's already up, and all of a sudden be like, oh, you're going to do it? No, it'll be up there. So it'll be done in the style of this pod. I'm very excited. The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Dave is the one that set this all up from Dave's Pop Culture Podcast. So a big shout out to him. And he automatically knew that I would take Creature. Like, it wasn't even as like, I, you can do Creature. Okay, I'm going to do fucking Creature. So that's what we're going to have. That's going to actually be the next one. Um, but I didn't feel like playing the trailer or anything because it's a bonus app. So it'll come out. Uh, if you're listening to this, if you haven't heard this one yet, then it'll just pop up in your feed and it'll be a big fucking surprise. But I'm really excited to do that one. We've also got, uh, you know, people are doing Phantom of the Opera, Dracula, uh, Frankenstein's Monster, all that fun stuff is also going to be a part of this whole thing. And then on a regularly scheduled day, we will be talking about another film. Now, I don't want to talk about what it is because I kind of want it to be a secret. Though I'm pretty sure you could get like a little hint or something from whatever is playing behind me. But it finishes up the whole things that kind of freaked me out as a kid. And it's definitely from a production company that we've talked about. And it's a film that I absolutely love. And I'm doing this specifically because I want to do this film. That's the only reason why. Um, but I hope there are a lot of people out there that really like this film as much as I, and I want to go reflect back on it as well, kind of like with The Witches, and see if the nostalgia factor still gets me and, uh, basically, you know, keeps me from thinking critically about this film. So try to see it with a brand new open eye and see how it goes. Uh, as always, you can follow the podcast on Twitter. It's at T underscore T underscore podcast, Facebook.com slash Terrible Terror Podcast. Rate and view, review us on things like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, Spreaker. Please, like, it helps the podcast get seen. Plus, at the same time, you know, you guys can let me know what I need to change or what I should do. You can also email the podcast, Terrible Terror Podcast at gmail.com with any suggestions that you might have. I am looking to do, like, horror animated films, for example. I'd like to do that at some point in the future, um, and I'd like to maybe have some suggestions, like, I know the super, the haunted world of El Superbisto is something that I might want to bring up, but if there's something else that are out there that I don't know about, uh, that would be great, and I'd really enjoy it. So, as always, we'll see you next episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs>